So we are at Anaheim at NAM 2014. It's day one. It's bright. It's shiny. Everybody's perky and ready to go. There's lines everywhere to get their badges. So it must be day one. And we're going to go to NAM, which is the National Association of Music and Merchandisers. So we're going to go in and talk to some of the vendors here at NAM. I'm at this really cool exhibit, uh, Table, with Taylor, the uh, creator of these. They're actually, if, cassette tapes are making a comeback in hipster circles, and so they're big, giant tape coffee tables. Uh, what inspired you to create this idea? Uh, basically, me and uh, my friend Justin had been working with stencil graffiti art for several years, and I wanted to work in a new medium, and I had this cassette just sitting on my desk, and I thought, how cool would it be if we blew this up and made it into a coffee table? So I made the prototype out of plywood, and Justin and I looked at it and were like, this is pretty cool. Um, and I started talking to my brother about it, who's a woodworker. And so I got my brother Zach involved because he was stoked about it. So we brought him in, and over the course of uh, six months to a year, me and him spent just hours on the phone sending sketches back and forth before we finally came up with the design that we were really in love with. And now he hand-builds them all out of uh, South Dakota. So they're all right here in the U.S. And So that leaves you in the city to try to sell these? or What's that? If he's in South Dakota, that leaves you out in the city to try to sell the tables? Yes, yes. Basically, me and Justin are the marketing team, as well as I do all the graphic design work is for making the labels. And we do a lot of custom labels for people that want something special for their room or uh, for their uh, recording studio or office. Yeah, and so how long did it take you from drawing board to actually saying this is a completed model? There was probably about a year process of like from when I started to when we finally got it to where we're like ready to sell it. We got a patent on the design and the whole works. Um, and then we spent, uh, so we've actually been selling them for a little over a year now. We've got them in six different countries. It's uh, really exciting to be doing business with my brother and, uh, and it has become so successful it's been pretty exciting so do you like to work with a particular type of wood or do you can you make these out of just anything uh, we use birch hardwood right now we're toying with using some other hardwoods as well but we do like to go hardwood just because it makes it that much more unique and, and quality wise it brings it up so let's talk about some of the materials. So for the sticker that you have on cassettes, you ha you printed up vinyl, and then what else, did, what else did you add to it? Basically, we take a vinyl sticker similar to what you would put on a car wrap, and we get our digital print on that. So all the labels that I create um, are vinyl printed, and then we put that on, and we put a clear coat epoxy over it to seal it in, and it basically is like a sheet of glass on top of that vinyl sticker to just seal it in, protect it, and give it that nice, shiny, glossy feel. And with the vinyl sticker, you can make it say anything. So you can have like a handwriting file on, so you can say, oh, this is a mixtape too. And then yep. kind of try to emulate like maybe a mixtape you made to your, you know, significant other at one point in your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can get Larry's Jams 98 on there. Yeah, you can, we could replicate an old mixtape for an old girlfriend or something. Uh, I mean, anything to your heart's desire. The level of detail is amazing. You have the little th little uh, inserts on the end of those, and then you have the the holes on the side where the tape where the, the tape head actually inserts itself in the tape to read, and then you can stick your hands in that and turn on and off lights that are in the two cup holders where the little uh, I don't know the little mechanisms to make the tape go forward. I forget what those are called at the moment, but. It's a really intricate design. What type of wood do you use to make the tape stand out? 
Uh, it's all birch hardwood. Uh, yeah, we just wanted to basically take the cassette and make it not only a piece of art, but a functional piece of art. So incorporating any place we could. So, you know, the wheels in the center, we make those into cup holders. And then the, uh, the tape on the side, we make that a flap down opening so you can have a storage compartment in there and just, you know, using every single part of the cassette we can. It's a really awesome design, and if people want to know more information about the company or if they want to get it, what's the best way to get a table and know more about your company? Uh, you can check us out on tables.com, and that's T-A-Y-B-L-E-S. So it's sort of like my name, Taylor, <laughs> tables. So just put them together, tables.com. So you just go through the web custom then? Yep, we do all of our, all of our sales online. That's great, and thanks for your time, and uh, a truly unique product if you want to get a, a tape, uh, tape as a table. That's really awesome. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for having me. I'm in the Bohemian Guitar Booth, and I'm with Sean. He's the co-founder of the company, and he makes guitars out of old oil cans. Um, so how did you come up with this idea? Being from South Africa and uh, witnessing the resourcefulness of the poor people in the townships, we, uh, my brother and I kind of borrowed from them and brought it over here and created some very unique instruments. So how long have, has the company been around? Um, we've been going for about two years now. Yeah. And so how, what was the R&D stage like? How long, did it come to, how long did it take to actually make a functional guitar out of an old oil can? Yeah, it took us quite a while, a couple of, a good half a year to a year, you know, testing and trial and error and trying to figure out how it would work best. Yeah. Or any fear of electrocution since you're working with uh, electric parts in a very tiny space? <laughs> no electrocution, but definitely a few hospital visits to get some stitches in my fingers and cutting myself, yeah. How sharp is the edges of a cut open can? Um, you know, it is sharp. We file it down so it's not, um, you know, so it's smooth if anyone, you know, for the customer. But um, the process can be a little bit tough and, uh, you know, over the years I've definitely cut myself a few times. So where do you find these cans? My dad was a bit of a hoarder, and we had a lot of old paint cans like this uh, laying around the garage, and they lose their finish very fast. And these look like the, almost the day that they were bought. So uh, where do you find these things? Yeah, just a lot of searching uh, antique stores and uh, you know eBay and online and just dealers and wherever, wherever we can. We looking at, we're always looking somewhere. Yeah, anyone where you're just like walking one day and you see it on the side of the road? No, that has yet to happen, but uh, definitely like walking around antique stores, you see them hiding in the corner and you grab it, yeah. Yeah. How hard is it to uh, shove all of the electronics in? You only make one incision, and that's in the top of the guitar for the neck. How, do you, how hard is it to get all of the electronics shoved in that one hole into the can? It's incredibly tough, yeah. If, uh, you know, back in the day when I first started, it would take... It's a very long time for me to get it down. I've got it to, down to quite a science now, so it's not as rigorous, but it's definitely not easy. Well, thanks for your time, and um, have a good NAMM show. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I'm in the basement of uh, the Anaheim Convention Center in Hall E, and I'm with um, Kirsten from the, is it 2D Dynamics? And it's actually a 2D music player, and uh, can you tell us more about this product? Sure. So we've created a player. It's like YouTube on steroids where you can really control the video and dig into a musical performance. And you can choose who in the band you want to look at, and then mute and solo different parts, and then pull up sheet music and play along with the band. The Master View, you have uh, six different musicians, and it has six different camera angles. One of them is hitting the kick drum. One of them is on top of the drummer, so you can see when he hits the taunt and the snare. 
and then you have different singers and the keyboardists, and then there's like a kind of a top-down angle on the keyboardist. So you can start breaking apart the different uh, aspects of a song and really figure out what makes a song tick. That's right, and then you can play along with them. So after you really dissect the technique of the masters, then you're jamming with them, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. And um, so, and then uh, apparently you can actually use this as a teaching tool. This it's actually what it's made for. But you can actually send it back your performance back and forth to teachers to evaluate what you need to work on, what you need to, um, where your improvements can be, where you're good at, that kind of thing. Yeah, so we have about 400 high schools who are using it right now and universities like Berkeley College of Music. We haven't released the record and share yet to the public, but that's coming later this year. And it's neat. Like you said, you can record yourself for feedback or you can share it with your friends and they can hear how you're doing. How hard and time intensive is it to record these videos of these great musicians and multi-track it on a video like this? We've created a standard process for recording the music. So um, we kind of have a special formula for doing it, and we bring in a lot of cameras and special mics, and just we get it going. <laughs> so is this an app, or is this something like a program that you download? You can download it onto your iPhone or iPad or Mac and PC, and you can download it for free and then purchase content, or we have schools buying licenses. Okay, and then how, when you have to send it back and forth to someone, uh, how big is the files usually? Like, let's say it's a five-minute song. Is it something where it's like a DVD where that can be up to like 500 megabytes? Or is it something smaller like an MP3 where it's like maybe 10 or 12? It's closer to an MP3 size, yeah. And that's pretty good considering how big the how nice the video looks. You said it looks like YouTube. It looks 100 times better than YouTube. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we're going for. That's why we say YouTube on steroids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for your time and have a good rest of your show. All right. Thank you. Thanks. So I'm at NAMM 2014 and I'm with Dion Devlin. And uh, we are at the Dube and it is a box that you can make different percussion instrument sounds out of. Um, what type of material is the box made out of? It's a very odd uh, feel to it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's all different types of wood. Uh, give you um, four different tones on four sides of the cube. Uh, it's something different, something new. You know, not many people have seen it. People compare it to the Cajon. Well, this has got four playable sides rather than one playable side. It's internally mic'd. Uh, yeah, people just seem to be digging it at the moment. It's internally mic'd and it has an XLR out. Is there four microphones for the four different sides of the surface of the cube? No, there's just one mic. I've just uh, I've mounted the mic right in the center of the tube, so whichever side you hit, there's an equal opportunity for the uh, the sound to hit the mic at the same time. So yeah, just one mic inside, and you know, I just decided to go from acoustic to the pro, what I call a pro, uh, and all the guys like it. Thomas Lang loves it, Carl Brazil loves it, Mike Dolbear, who I'm sharing a booth with, he loves it. So I'm getting the right back end at the moment, and the right people are playing it. And even Stevie Wonder has one, so I'm even, you know, I'm delighted at that. Yeah, I saw that on the brochure. Um, so you're you played in the English Premier League for over 20 years. What what made you uh, interested in making a musical instrument? Well, I, I played I played uh, as a professional for 22 years, and uh, I've always I've always liked rhythm, and I play sax as well. So, oh. um, my brother, who's on the booth as well, he's a drummer, and my other guy, he's a drummer too. So Steve, so yeah, music's always in the family. My dad plays bass, and I just couldn't stay away from the rhythm and the rudiments and the old, you know the drum patterns and stuff. So yeah, it's it's my passion. So, um, it, it, is, is there a lot of different different tubes so that like you, you can have like a whole like normal drum setup like you would see with a normal drum kit? Yeah, yeah, you can add it, you know, because you, you, I use a lot of DW stands, so you can actually clip clip it to your drum set or to your or to your um, or to your rack, 
for uh, for the percussionist. So yeah, it's, it's adaptable, you know. And I've got a nine inch uh, cube, twelve inch, fifteen and eighteen inch cube, and they all seem to be uh, catching the eye of the right people. <laughs> What's that little pink one? Is that that's a kids one, obviously? How big is that one? Yeah, that's a nine inch. That there, um, I've just gone for some more colours, some greens and oranges and pinks, just to get the eye of the youngsters. It's going to be manic today here at uh, at Nam, as we all know. But I do go into schools and I teach kids at schools as well. So it's a very good learning tool for children and it's a very good professional tool for the pros. Theoretically, can you mount it so you can use it in a marching band? Yes, you can. Yes, at the moment there are, um, at this present time, there's a, there's a uh, how can I say this? Straps the wrong word. A harness being made for uh -huh. it so you can actually march with it with a, with a mic inside as well. So in a mic pack as well. So yes, you can go in a marching band as well. You're an English company, I'm assuming. Uh, where do you, can you find the dube in the United States? Uh, at, the, at this present time, I'm here to get um, U.S. distribution. Uh, I've spoken to a few distributors already, so this is going to help me as well. So thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, I, at, at the moment, it's just online at uh, thedube.com. So if you go on thedube.com, you'll find all you need to know about the dube. Well, thanks for joining us on the show this morning, and um, have a good rest of your NAMM show. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. So I'm in... Uh, Room E of NAM, which is underground, which I missed last time, believe it or not. Uh, so we're at F-Home Studio, and these are really interesting guitars. They're classic guitars. They're very good guitars. And they also have an uh, in-guitar recording studio. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Well, we have um, put an electronic device that is by its own uh, four-track recording studio in very high quality inside the guitar and this event doesn't affect the, the, the rich sound of a handmade guitar. So when you export the four tracks audio, um, can you re-extract it with a program that would preserve it as a four track audio recording? Yes, this, this works, does, uh, is the same as Pro Tool, as you know this, this program, the Pro Tool, the professional audio recording system, and you can export a WAB a web file, what you have previously recorded in your own songs with uh, all the rhythms, and you have three tracks for guitar and another one for the voice. Yeah, what's impressive about the guitar is not only do you have uh, embedded uh, audio recorder in it, four tracks at that, you also have a monitor that's embedded into it if you don't want to use your headphones, like if you're at the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the idea that you can use this guitar wherever you are. You can catch your inspiration anywhere or at any time. So you don't need to have any wire, anything plugged. This works unplugged. And uh, so it has a speaker, a little speaker, where you can hear all what you have previously recorded. If you have a guitar, you would like to stick the electronic part in, but in, how hard is it to adapt that particular um, device and put it into another person's guitar? Yeah, you can adapt this uh, in, both, in two ways. You can put inside the guitar, what you have to, to have uh, the know-how to work in this guitar, or you can have this device outside your guitar and with a microphone, you can use your own guitar in which you are accustomed to play, and you can use your own guitar and then record in this device. That's really awesome. Rafael, thanks again for your time. Okay, thank you to you. So we're continuing our coverage with Nam, and I'm at the Saw Bladehead Designs, and I'm here with Mr. Saw Bladehead, Sean. Um, 
what I love about this show is it's not like a car show where you expect the same things out of Toyota, Nissan, and all that stuff. You have, you sure you have the corporate booths like GoPro cameras or whatever, but then you have like entrepreneurs like this. This is like a drum kit that's made and it's uh, at, with like a four foot platform made out of metal and it looks like a tree and all the um, symbols and all that stuff are on tree vines made out of metal. You have mic mounts. Uh, where did you come up with this idea? Honestly, I, I've been a professional artist since I was a kid and next, actually this design was when I was six years old. And, wow. fi and finally, decades later, I actually grew up with my dad, who's a, uh, a welder. I actually had a chance to try my first attempt at metal sculpting, and that is my first attempt at metal sculpting. Even though I've done welding, I've welded you know, tables and different types of uh, you know, brackets and so forth, but as far as the sculpting, this is the first attempt, and luckily, things just worked out. Definitely. What's uh, what is it like the metal work? I've actually never tried. What's it like? It's uh, actually for this one, it's actually very difficult because most metal work, when you need to bend something, you either have a hydraulic bender or for the most part, you have a torch and you actually heat the metal and you bend it. This was not done with a torch because for one, I didn't have a torch, and two, I was afraid that I build this outside. I didn't want to have to worry about setting the the yard or the house on fire. So this is done literally by manual cuts on a grinder or a cutoff wheel and it physically hitting and hammering and pulling it back with another piece of pipe. So you basically built this outside. Did you get any shelter from the sun at all or did you know? No, matter of fact, the top portion of the cage I did in my friend's driveway in the Florida sun. I'm from Clearwater. So okay. the hottest part of, of summer, July, August, and September, I did it out, no shade. I got heat stroke several times by just doing the, the top part. And then later on, I, I wound up doing um, my back, the riser in my backyard. So um, <laughs> the humidity is crushing in Florida too. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, and also uh, during the summer, every day at three o'clock, it rains, it's a thunderstorm. So I have between you know nine o'clock in the morning and like 2.30, before all the lightning booms come out, and, and this is a giant lightning rod, so I'd have to get everything done by 2 o'clock and wrap it on up before the storm comes in every every day. It's kind of an ironic twist from the metal workers that have to uh, bring it in in New York and Minnesota because it's in the winter. Exactly, but I'm, I'm really, it's a lifelong dream of mine to actually get this one done. I've done several other designs, uh -huh. including actually a roller coaster design in which we were actually, get, we had it done, we getting ready to run the hydraulic lines, and then Tommy Lee came out with his and I never wanted to be, you know, hey, I don't want to be a copycat. Even though we, we spent two years and 10 grand on it, we, we literally took a torch, we cut it all apart, took it to the scrapyard. Oh, wow, that's a big disappointment. In hindsight, now we wish we would have kept it just to have it. And, uh, but I kept this one secret until it was done. And uh, I actually used the cage portion for years, and then I, fi I finished up the, the bottom riser, which completed the design back in 2011. Oh, wow. So how long did these take you to build? Um, well, this one, since I did it, uh, in total, it took me about a little bit, over, a little bit less than a year. Okay. So, like, how many do you sell these regularly, or how many do you sell a year? I sell more mic, custom mic stands and uh, custom, uh, like, man cave furniture uh -huh. uh, than this, because, you know, most drummers, like myself, we, we invest everything in our instruments, so something as elaborate as, you know, a killer piece of hardware... We're not going to be able to afford, but I have done uh, things for Corn. Ray Luzier has a, a center China stand, and I'm going to be working with him on another design. A head from Corn also has two mic stands. 
and I have several local artists that have mic stands of mine as well. I can see this whole unit being used on a tour. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, actually, uh, unfortunately, when I met Tommy Lee back in 2011, he loved it, but unfortunately, I met him right in the middle of their Vegas rehearsal, and I, their production team loved it, but we couldn't implement it during that. And um, I know they're doing the farewell tour, and I actually just spoke with their management, and they're, they're going to hopefully come on down this week and see if uh, you know see if we can do something for them. That's definitely cool. Well, Mr. Sawbladehead, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate it. So I'm with Thomas Flynn from Sounds in the Round, and he makes a, a wood drum that you sit on, and it's a very cool piece of furniture. And can you tell us more about it? Yes, it's uh, a modern-style cajon. It's uh, 18 inches high. It's a half round, 30 inches in uh, width. And it's a, it's a cajon with compartmentalized sounds, and it actually has half a dozen different separate sound chambers. What makes this cajon with cojones unique is that the sound is curved so it comes out the front instead of the usual rear port entry. We looked at the cajones and thought, well, they're all basically square, rectangular, and in most of the cajones, the sound exits the rear. Yeah. And we thought, you want to project the sound to the front. So we created a cajon with baffles inside to channel the sound out to the bottom. And actually, if you stand 15, 20 feet away from our unit, it sounds very nice. It's got good projection. It has high resonancy. We use an Italian poplar face, and then we use a musical instrument quality birch for the interior. And, uh, and then we do some secret stuff to uh, help direct the sound. With the half circle shape and the way that the sound comes out of the bottom, it looks like a very 1960s piece of furniture. Is that just by accident or is that part of the design from the beginning? Absolutely. No, it's no accident. We wanted to make it look like a piece of furniture as we're furniture manufacturers by day. And we manufacture furniture for people like Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel Restoration Hardware. Uh, we do tables for Starbucks, and uh, so we're a, a local lumber company in Southern California. This is 100% American-made right here in Los Angeles. Several of us in the wood company are drummers, and uh, we put this together wanting to offer a cajon with a multitude of choices. We also think it's a great kid starter instrument for parents that don't want to have a whole drum set. This is a way to have an acoustical sound that's interesting for the kids. You can play it with sticks, you can play it with uh, your hands, and it's uh, versatile and, and an easy instrument for a youngster to pick up. We can make them in all sizes, and we have over 200 different species of wood in our local LA inventory and our half million square foot facility. We're the largest architectural millwork musical instrument wood supplier west of the Mississippi. What has been the response from the NAMM show, from all the people that have uh, seen this uh, drum for the last four days? It's been outstanding. We came here for validation, and we've had several people tell us that this is the single most unique new addition in the show that they have seen thus far. It is innovative. There's nothing else like it. And we've got the unique ability to make sounds in the round, to create the curved plywood. People ask, is it done by the steam process where you bend it. We actually lay the veneers up and have our own presses so we can make any kind of shape we want. And so this is a handmade, hand-pressed, high-quality veneer, and we can finish it in any kind of decorative wood. The face is made out of a thin, very resonant Italian poplar to help give that big bass 
boom, as well as when you tighten it up, it gives a nice pop like a tom-tom. So we've had a very good response. Just don't want to project into the future too much, but you had Bose come by and tell you this isn't a drum, it's a speaker. Any chances of you working with them in the future? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, we've actually had probably about as many inquiries for us to manufacture things as being a, a wood company with the kind of equipment that we've got locally, we're very capable of producing virtually anything out of wood. So this show has been good for us not only to reach out to the musical industry, but also to reach out to a lot of guys within the industry that need some wood help, and, and that's one of our strengths. So this show has been really great for us to attend, not only for the drums, but also just meeting other guys that, that need wood. Sounds of the Round is from Costa Mesa. So any way to get in contact with you if you want to learn more about this instrument? Absolutely. We've got a website at soundsandaround.com. Our parent company is Reclaimed Woods of the World. Uh, we have websites, emails, lots of pictures. Our company phone number is 949-515-9501. And uh, you can email me at uh, either soundsandaround.com or my personal email is tom at reclaimedwoods, with an S on it, dot O-R-G, tom at reclaimedwoods.org. And I'm sure the Sounds of the Round is going to be a, become a bigger and bigger part of your business in the future. We're counting on it. We expect to get some good business out of this show, and we're very glad to be here. Thank you. Well, thank you for the interview, and we're going to have, uh, we're going to get played out.